Welcome back, football fans. It's a little bit wet outside. Uh, this is my Hats Off podcast I'm here at Studio B. There's all types of things going on over here. We got uh, some barking dogs, some upset the upset weekend, Rod. I think everything is upset. I think the weather's upset. I think the dog's upset. I think there's a lot to be talked about that's upset today. Well, most definitely. I mean, after this weekend, <clears throat> it's... Uh... <laughs> It, it, it kind of makes people start thinking again about how good they are, or how good they thought they were, or and it makes other people think we're better than we thought we were. So, uh, great weekend of football, though. Um, we got William in here. We got Derek. We got Dwayne. We got Tyrone. Tyrone, I appreciate you coming in and, and putting up uh, the emojis because I know it's not a happy weekend for, for Millville. Um, we're going to talk to the coach of the team who upset Millville on Friday night, and that is Coach Wojciechowski of Lenape. We're going to do that a little bit later. We've got a lot going on, um, not only on the field, but off it. There's, you know, this is, as Dwayne said, the season is flying by, both in North Jersey, where he is, and I know Union came close, came close against Hillsborough. Uh, I see Hector's in here. Hudson Catholic got a win for Hector. Um, it's a lot of action everywhere. I also want to know what the worst weather you've ever sat in a football game is. Uh, because as soon as this thing is over, I'm gonna, I got a whole bag of stuff over there. <laughs> and I'm going to layer up, head over to the link. Uh, to watch the last undefeated team in the NFL play against Jacksonville. <laughs> We've been in some wet ones over the years, Rod, and some <laughs> cold ones, and I, I know how you feel when it's cold outside. It's not the best. But I want to hear from uh, from you guys because everybody remembers that. Everybody remembers the worst weather they've ever been in at a football game. So right. chime in the comments. Let me know. There's a lot of been a lot of cold ones over the years. Rain, I think, is worse. But it rained on Friday night. I was at Paul the Six. Uh, they played Morristown. Mo Keishan, the third, uh, got the hat for Paul the Six, the first hat winner in Paul the Six history. They won mm -hmm. twenty to nothing against Morristown. Morristown quarterback um, John Zolman did not play. He was injured. He said he should be back soon, which is good for the Quakers, but they clearly missed him. I uh, was impressed with Andrew Courier of the Quakers uh, for his play through the night. But Paul's six just too much. I mean, Dom Santiago, quarterback, six, four and a half. Um, you know, they they got a lot of big plays early on. Keishan blocked a punt. Um, Jamel Brown caught a touchdown pass. Uh, Gavin Bunt scored, and senior night was was a big deal over there at Paul the Six. Great environment, great turf. They put down new turf. A uh, beautiful field. Yeah, and it was a cool. It was a cool night, man. I know there were some games across South Jersey that proved to be a lot better than we had thought. You know, right? I mean, if everybody knew the Lenape game was going to be as epic as it was, everyone would have been there. Um, but this was nice to to step out and see. You know, a place I haven't been ever to cover a football game. I've covered uh, softball and. Maybe basketball, definitely uh, soccer, 
They had that coach's championship game over there usually. Mm-hmm. Um, fun night. Congratulations to Mo. And then on Saturday in the game of the week, Woodstown beat Salem 7-6. to six. Uh, This was a classic ride. They moved it from Turkey Day, as many of you know. And Woodstown, actually, is their first hat as well. Um, Zach Bevis gets the forced fumble to preserve that 7-6 to win. I mean, this guy, linebacker, Mm -hmm. he waits, he waits. Salem had just gotten first and 10 at the 12-yard line. Four minutes left, 7-6. to Field goal range, Salem can kick it. Mm Mm-hmm. Salem can kick it. It's field goal range. And first down, running back comes through the hole, never sees. Bevis comes around and smokes him. I mean, really laid the wood. <laughs> Ball pops out. Mm-hmm. And uh, Woodstown recovers it. Now, Salem did get another possession to try to move down there, but that it, was essentially the It end wasn't of the, game. the same. Morristown, yeah. des- I mean, not Morristown, Woodstown, too many towns, deserved to win the game, I thought. Mm-hmm. Salem did not really play well, but Woodstown had a lot to do with that. You talked about how good Woodstown is up front, man. You're absolutely right. They Garrity on the line is a monster. Yes, and he, he was is. all South Jersey last year. I don't know of a kid who has a motor like that. Mm-hmm. And for them to get the win, you know, not only the rivalry, but the fact that there's power points now. Woodstown is in the driver's seat for now. But next week they play Woodbury. That division, man, they, we they, talked about it. Yeah, they, they have the one seed, yeah. right? I mean, in that division, and we talked about it was going to be games coming up later on in the year that are really good, that are going to kind of dictate where people are as far as playoffs go. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them, and I think we have two more coming up in Group 1 that may uh, put people in position to control their own destiny, home field advantage. That that is key, you know, having that home field advantage. But um, yeah, that was a that was a really great game. I was sitting home, um, you know, watching the, the Twitter feeds mm-hmm. go go in and out, and it, it looked like it was a, a real dog fight. Dwayne says the pinstripe bowl, Iowa and Boston College, ten degrees at kickoff, got below zero. I mean, that's it, Dwayne is a football junkie, mm-hmm. um, but. To see a game like that, and even if it's a bowl game, mm-hmm. to see a game like that in the cold, you talk about dedication. This is we're talking about Iowa and Boston College. He sat there. I mean, it's not like it's not like the fun and gun, the run and shoot. <laughs> this is Iowa and Boston College. Right. My man sat in that weather for. <clears throat> Woo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know there was some wild stuff going on in college yesterday. I missed most of it, uh, honestly. But uh, I did see LaQuint Allen had a 90-yard uh, run for mm-hmm. Syracuse. I think he had four touches, 110 yards, as Syracuse uh, rolled over Wagner. But thank you and congratulations to uh, Mr. Allen, two-time hat man last year. He was sitting right here yes. last winter, wasn't he? Yeah, and, and it's in that game, it was a lot of South Jersey kids in that yeah, game. Yeah, there was. I mean, Deuce Chestnut got a pick six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you, you have Elijah Clark. That plays there, Dennis Jacquez. Um, I want to send. Oh, a, Deuce had a pick six. Yeah, Deuce, oh, Deuce Chestnut had a pick six. Um, I want to send out um, prayers to D- Dennis Jacquez because I believe he got hurt in that game, and that uh-huh. might be the end to his season. Uh-huh. 
um, based on an injury. But um, I hope that's not the case. I, I hope that's not the case as well. But I definitely want to uh, send, you know, prayers out to him, yeah. speedy recovery, uh, and then some other guys on the other side. You know, Jaden Brown and Javen Little and uh, what's the speedy guy? His his name just left my left my head. Played at Woodrow Wilson Simmons. Simmons. And Trace and the other Simmons from Winslow played in that game as well. So it was a lot going on in that game. But it was one thing that I saw on Twitter. I don't know if this is true or not. Did you did you see that they cut the quarters from 15 minutes to 10 minutes? I didn't, I didn't even that. know you could do that. I didn't see that. Um, like I said, I was I was pretty off the grid yesterday once after the, uh, mm -hmm. the Woodstown game, once I got back from that. Um, I didn't see that, but, mm -hmm. you know, there, I know in high school you can uh, you just run a clock. or have a running clock right. in the second half. Or, or I, there might have even been a case where they did shorten uh, okay. quarters in the second half. I, I mean, maybe there's not. Someone might say, no, that's illegal. That's uh, But I think I've heard of that before or somebody mentioning at one point that was agreed on. Mm -hmm. I was kind of hoping in the rain on, on Friday night that might be the case. <laughs> Because uh, the game was out of reach. But um, I do know there was an instance once, and I'm, I won't reveal who it was, but a coach asked the other coach if they could start the running clock in the first half because they were so it would, overwhelmed. Yeah. And the other coach said no. <laughs> said no. <laughs> he probably they like put up God. some major numbers in that game. Yeah. I think there was a reason for that. And uh, I don't know. That's, that's well, how, how do you um, – my question, how do you feel about that? I know me as a coach – um, I'm fine with it. In a game like that, I'm fine with it. I, 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 I'll take my lumps. I would take my lumps, but, you know, with the sensitivity is if you're one of these programs that is going to Syracuse or wherever, essentially for a check, right? You're going there to help your program. I mean, that's it. You're, you're getting paid for that. And you go there. You're not going there so you can get in extra reps in a fourth quarter down 49 nothing. And your guys now, you know, you you get dinged. I don't know, man. I, I'm okay with that at that point. But, I, I mean, I would prefer that not be the case. I'm, I, I would be in, more interested to see from a back-end perspective of what sponsors would feel like. Because you – you, you know, television time. sponsors for different commercial breaks. Exactly. And now the game's over, and it might go to, you know, some recycled programming or something that you have in the can, right, like um, that people aren't going to watch, and mm -hmm. you're in between that time frame. I don't know. I, I think they might be upset to say, well, now, look, you got reruns on. Mm-hmm. You know, we thought the people in Syracuse, New York, were, or, you know, upstate New we're York going were going to be watching yeah. these ads. And, and I don't know how all that works, but that would be a concern to me because you could shorten the game by 30 minutes. That So that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about the, the, the sponsorship, the advertisement, and all that stuff. But me as a player in college, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to tell you all something that you probably won't believe. But we lost the game 87-7. to 7. And Woo. you talk about the longest day of my life. <laughs> that literally yeah. was the that it was a bad game. It was one of those things where the opening kickoff they take it to the house. 
Then they kick it to us. We take it to the house. So we're like, yeah, we're Seven, getting ready to play. Baby. And next thing you know, it, it, they score. We throw a pick six. We come back. Like, literally, we were on the field. And our court, I thought our quarterback, who's one of my best friends, I thought he was point shaving that game. I looked at him and I'm like, dude, like you keep throwing pick sixes. Like, <laughs> you know, so that was that was one of the worst games I've ever been in. And of course, the coach took all the starters out yeah. after the first quarter because you're down by almost 40 points. <laughs> but I don't think I would want my coach to like wave the white flag like mercy. Like I would rather not even play. I would rather forfeit than to show up and then like say this is a little too much for us you know it's i i I hear that and i value (laughs) your opinion on that and i can i can honestly say that had i known that you'd once lost a game by 80 unanswered points yes i might have uh been a little more sensitive (laughs) to the topic when we brought it up of course you don't of course you don't think Wagner should be fast forward in the quarters. Yeah, you took it worse than almost any any team. You know, I, t- I took I took my lumps. You know, you take your lumps and you you grow from them. That was that was probably the worst loss we've like I've ever experienced. But it was like the easiest or game. Anyone. That it was. You would think you were getting like just dominated. It it really wasn't that type of game. Like if we all know football, everything that could have went wrong did go wrong in that particular instance for you guys (laughs) yes not for them so uh let's just say the the ride home after the game uh it it was kind of quiet but when i tell you about four or five of their guys made it to the nfl and it was just like yeah it happened to be one of those teams where you two years later you're looking on tv and you see the running back playing for the dolphins it's like that uh, makes sense now. <laughs> so, Funny how that yeah. used to work. You know, like even when I was a, a teenager, I remember playing uh, AAU basketball in uh, Richmond, mm-hmm. Virginia. And we, we played and, uh, you know, you just showed up. There was just all these teams. You don't know. Some of these, at, at that point, it wasn't like, I think now it's more defined who the best teams are, the national teams, mm-hmm. the whatever. You know, they had different additions, but you just showed up and played whoever it was. You could play six kids from – I mean, I, w- I would just start naming random stuff here, but nobody will, will know uh, in Virginia. But just like you could be playing six, you know, kids from the hills. Right. Or you could be playing six guys who are – Going to the ACC, you don't. You <laughs> right, show you don't up, know. you're playing. Yeah, you're like, yeah. okay, team, you know, green, great, right. right. Other than Boo Williams, of course, everybody knew Boo Williams' teams were were outrageous. But mm-hmm. we showed up and played, and they said, okay, you, you know, you're. I played two guard. I was guarding their two guard, or whatever. It might have even been the point at that point. And the guys just like, I'm like, this little guy <laughs> is just killing me, man. And. You know, we lost. It, mm-hmm. it, it was whatever. And we were clearly outclassed. Right. So the next year, I'm watching. I'm at home. I'm like a junior at this point. I'm watching TV. It's like Tuesday night. I'm watching ESPN. And Boston College is playing. And uh, Tyrese Rice is going for 40. Mm-hmm. And I'm like Leonardo DiCaprio in that meme. I'm pointing at him like, that's the guy. 
He's a freshman going for 40 in the ACC. Or right. maybe it was the Big East then. I don't, I don't know. They might have been in the ACC. No, I think – I don't remember. But either way, I'm like, yeah, well, no, now I feel a lot better now. Yeah. Okay. He's giving me buckets all day. He's yeah. giving, you know, whoever it is, he's giving them buckets too. It's it's funny you said that, man. I was I was watching. Um, so that, that all of this, like, kind of came about me thinking about this last night when I'm watching um, Clemson – and NC State. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we're like, yeah, this is going to be Devin Leary's coming out party. Yeah. It's going to happen tonight, right? Well, so, last year was, right? Last year was. Yeah. Last year was. So we were, I, you know, I was pumped up. And, of course, everybody that, you know, either played, their kids right. played with Devin or you knew Devin. But just thinking about that, like, how many kids' parents were screaming at them on a ride home <laughs> that you guys got smoked by Timber Creek. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you couldn't stop these kids or you guys aren't good enough. You didn't play hard, you know? And and next thing you know, you look up and he's he was in the Heisman running before, you know, what happened last night. Yeah. But you look up and these these guys that, that that you played against that were smoking you and boom, they're they're on TV and you're 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 probably looking at your dad right yeah. now like, yo dad, like this the dude yeah. that put up Remember six touchdowns you, yeah. on us, and you, you yelled at me. About yeah. this. this guy's gonna <laughs> go, could go in the first round of the draft. Um, yeah, and and you know it's funny the time he got the hat. He was a sophomore that playoff game down at Hamilton, and he, I mean, I don't know what he weighed. It was like a hundred. Yeah, like he, he weighed a hundred pounds, little. soaking wet. Mm -hmm. And he just kept bringing them back and back and back. And at the time, it was like, this is. I cannot believe this. Right. You know what I mean? Now, and then mm -hmm. as time went on, you quickly realize I, I can totally believe that. Only right. one guy could do that, and it was him. Um, shout out to, to, to kind of change a note here, a shout out. I talked about the Eagles being the last undefeated team in uh, the NFL. I think we're down to six in South Jersey now. Yes. I want to give a shout out to those teams. Cinnaminson, Coach Mario Patrizzi, Seneca. Coach Fisher, Woodstown, of course, yesterday, uh, Coach Adams, Haddonfield, um, Coach Delano, got a big one next week, Delcy, Coach Marquez, and Pensauk, um, Coach Tab. So congratulations to those programs. They're still undefeated. Um, it will not end up as six because Seneca and Cinnaminson do play each other in a couple of weeks. So I don't know. And Woodstown and Haddonfield also play each other. Yes, that's so. what that's what we were talking about. It's it's, a, it's those games. This is the time. See, everybody was kind of like really focusing on the early games, and the early games do mean a lot. I'm not I'm not downgrading that at all. But when you get to the middle of the season, that midway point where teams are starting to figure out who they are, and you have yep. good teams facing each other, this is the best time for for high school football. Like now, we get to see. Who's who? We're seeing everybody starting to get some of their players back, and certain things are happening, and it, it, it's, it makes for a really good time in South Jersey. Uh, looking at my tweets here, we have a couple of uh, a couple mentions, and Amber Amber says that the uh, the worst weather she ever sat in Christmas Eve at the vet uh, twenty five years ago. Um, that's I'd, I'd say the worst weather. Was Triton and Highland? I mentioned it 
a million times on these shows over the years. The final score was two to nothing. Dan Herf got the hat um, in Runnymede. Last year, Triton and Hamilton in Runnymede was also pretty bad, but that that was the worst weather, two to nothing. And the coldest was definitely Woodstown and Gateway in the playoffs, uh, mm. whatever year ago that was. That was that was pretty frigid, and that was not even in December or November. I don't think it was October. Mm-hmm. And then some cold snap came through, and the wind chill was like negative eight right. or something. And uh, that whole w- and Camden West Stefford in the sectional semifinal on top of the hill in the middle of the day a couple <laughs> years ago was very uh, was windy and bad, uh, very very cold. Um, but the rain is a different beast, and and I would rather be cold than than soaked. Man, don't bring up the rain. I yeah. I, I got one for you. Yeah. My my worst game was a coach as a coach. Mm-hmm. This is going back. Um, I'll tell you how far back this is. Danny Curtis, who is Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. He's part of Gridiron Access. He coaches down at Oak Crest now. He was my running back, Anthony Townsend, who coaches at Pleasantville. He was my quarterback. Mm-hmm. So th- that kind of puts you where these guys were. It was eighth grade year, and we're coming from Camden. It's the championship game, and we're looking at the sky, and I'm like, man, I- I'm not sure if we should, you know, try to cancel this or if we should actually play this. And it was – I think it was like a tropical storm. It was some type of storm. So the sky was like orange before the game. No rain, just orange. So we decided to play the game. My assistant coaches are telling me, Rick, cancel the game. Let's cancel the game. Let's try to cancel the game because our game was throwing the ball. (laughs) So the opening kickoff, it started to rain. Literally 10 seconds before the kickoff. Downpour. We kick it off. One of our guys slips. They take it to the house. This is in a championship game, and and my assistant coach is looking at me, and I'm like, dude, we're in the game now. What are we going to do? Nevertheless, we lost that game, but it was like a hurricane, and our team was named the Hurricanes, right? So I'm trying to find all type of motivations and sayings like, we're the Hurricanes. We play in this weather, but in the back of my head, I was like, nope, this is not happening. Nope. That was the worst. I mean, we were – we were soaked. There probably was two fans there, and one of them was my wife at the time. <laughs> like, that's how bad it was. The, the only <laughs> thing I'll say about and I, I know this will be an unpopular comment in this room and overall, because <laughs> every year I say this, I understand the need to – I understand the desire to move the games to play in uh, – to preserve the fields and mm-hmm. and to get better weather and all that. But it's football. Like, the game has to be played in the rain, in the cold, in the snow, in the sun, in the wind, whatever. Right. It's football. Yeah. This is, if you want to make sure you're in, you know, you stay warm and dry all the time, football's not the sport for you. Yeah. Like at this point, you gotta realize I I I like I don't like standing out there, but it, you know there are war stories, man. You come back in, you're like, 
we survived that one. That that night at Triton Highland, we, I went back to the Courier Post. The power was out. The emergency lights were on. Mm. We were just like these little lights in that whole big building. Anybody who knows it down on Cuthbert in Cherry Hill, the whole all the power was out, and uh, it was it was a interesting uh, night. Now we look. We got Union and Linden. Eighty-seven is what Dwayne said. Our guy Will Hickson is in here. Says he'll talk about Wilson's sectional loss to Mainland in '95. Were I you remember at that. that. Game, I remember that though. I was at Cam the High at the time. I remember that. That was that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. And you're talking about a run and shoot offense. You talk, you yeah. know, five wides yeah. like Mainland. Uh, like, Mainland is like yes. <laughs> we've been praying for this. <laughs> they probably put more water on the field that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mainland was excited <laughs> for that one. Uh, Megan says Timber Creek washed the township seven years ago. Sideways rain and gusty winds. That that yes. might have been that same. Seven years sounds right yes. for that Triton High. I think that was the same night, Megan. I think it was. Yeah. Hector says playing uh, the remnants of Hurricane Hugo in 89 in Newark. The punter punted the ball 15 yards backwards. <laughs> well, I, I, I've seen one of those live in, in, in dry weather. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to put the team out there, but I've seen that one. That was yeah. recent. <laughs> is, is speaking of that real quick, um, yesterday was a, a day to forget for Salem's offense. Mm. And, again, we talked about Woodstown's defense. Had a lot to say about that. But Ja'Kai Coates, uh, the quarterback, Actually, this is a weird uh, situation. He scored the touchdown that Salem scored as a running back. Oh, wow. The only play he ran as uh, – and I'm not talking about quarterback power. I mean – They handed Bundy him the ball? Bundy got under center wow. and handed it to him, and he, <laughs> and he scored. But he also – his punting – I thought his punting is what kept Salem in the game. He punted one that was so high – um, it was muffed, and that led to the touchdown. Mm. And uh, they didn't get the two. He was stopped on the two-point conversion. But the other thing that happened was he punted a ball from his own end zone that bounced, and uh, Woodstown started at their 30. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, it was serious. It probably hit down at, I'd say, probably about the – 50 or Woodstown's 48 maybe mm -hmm. enrolled. But uh, that was serious, man. I mean, in high school football to switch a uh, field like that. Dude, that's huge. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I know it was not a happy homecoming for the Rams. But, hey, credit to Woodstown, man. James Hill ran for a buck 40-some. Uh, he played well, and he was kind of dinged up and still just soldiered on. Um, and that defense was great. And Max Webb, this is the last – little piece I'll say of this and we'll, we'll get to break and we're going to bring on coach Woj of Lenape but Max Webb uh, noticed a play that they had practiced uh, that worked against Salem a couple weeks ago and they had almost hit on a few years ago against Woodstown uh, they ran it down to get the touchdown but and Max Webb called it but this is uh if anybody here remembers Paul Harvey, the, the rest of the story, the score was seven to six. And we've talked on this show about how Salem can kick it now. Mm -hmm. And they opted to go for two. 
uh, down seven to six to to basically uh, put Woodstown behind the eight ball and and kind of you know go for the go for the hammer. So they they lost seven to six and Coach Adams of Woodstown tells us after the game that uh, they never kick extra points, but this week they knew Salem can kick extra points, and they had Max Webb, the quarterback. They said he's a pretty good athlete. We think maybe he can he can kick it. So in practice this week, for the first time, this is what Coach Adams said. The first time they sent him out there to practice extra points, and he made it. Wow. And then Salem went for two and didn't make it. And the whole reason Woodstown even kicked was because they knew Salem could kick extra points. And Salem went for two and thinking – that they had to try to put the game away at that point, probably, with the two. Like, that's – that's wow. So that, – that, I love those backstories. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Like, uh, the story behind the story, he just – it's funny. Um, credit to Coach Adams and his – I'll tell you what, man. That, the he, he did a great job yesterday. And this, this guy is – there, there were some fans that traveled over from Woodstown, and they're they're just telling Coach Adams every chance they give, give James Hill the ball. I'm like, James Hill gets the ball all the time. Like, what? James Hill can't get the ball in the huddle. You know, this when he gets up there and they snap it, they give it to him. Then they give it to him again. Then they give it to him again. It's like, when else do you want him to get get the ball? Right. And he plays every snap of defense, and he's the punter. He had some good punts yesterday, and uh, he did just about everything but sell hot dogs in the stands. But big win for Woodstown. Uh, I, I was yeah. at a game this week. I don't know if I don't think you have it on there uh, for the first segment. The the Willenboro. Yeah, Willenboro Will, Eastside gets East on side the board. Game. Jules, let me tell you something. That was a very good game. I heard there was a lot of penalties, though. It, um, yeah, yeah. We I, I got home about like ten forty five. Like, <laughs> but that was a a, a really good game. Um, both teams were missing players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, East Side were missing about like twelve, uh, about seven starters. So the game was really good. But Lamar Bess and Brunson. Mm-hmm. They they are the next – they are a part of that next wave of quarterbacks that are coming in. The things that those young guys were able to do within that game mm-hmm. to keep them in that game, both teams, it was it was pretty uh, enjoyable to watch. You know, they're, yeah. they're a young team. Both teams are, are young, but that – people are going to have to watch out for them in the next year. Like Even this before year, that? It, it, Even this year? Yeah. I'll tell you a game that is going to be under the radar. We'll talk about it on Wednesday. A game that might be under the radar for some mm-hmm. because of some of the matchups next week are great. Willingboro at Pensalkin. Yes. I knew, I knew you were going Buckle to say up. it. I knew it. Great I knew it. Yes. All right. Let's take a break, Rod, and let's bring on Coach Wojelenope. His tribe beat Millville. But we had ranked number one on Friday night, 21 to 17 at home. We'll be right back with Coach Woj.
Joe McColgan, Nick Strom, and John Darty have been part of a lot of wins in South Jersey football. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. With over $200 million in real estate transactions between the three of them and over 30 years of real estate experience, they're servicing anywhere in South Jersey, from the Philadelphia Bridges all the way to the Cape May Lighthouse. With one of South Jersey's fastest-growing teams, $29.5 million alone in real estate sales in 2021 and 22. First-time home buyers, seller consultations, relocations, rentals, downsizing. Or if you're not quite sure how to get started in the process of real estate, give them a call for a free consultation at 609-314-9862. That's South Jersey Elite. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. Welcome back to my Hats Off podcast here at Studio B with Rod Self. We are glad Rod is back. We're going to talk to Coach Wojciechowski of Lenape. Uh, do we have Coach on? Let's see. Coach. Huh? Yeah, you got me? Let's try to give him a call back. I'll, yeah. I'll hang Rod up and call out. back. Um. Big win for Lenape. I don't think anybody really saw that coming, except Rod kind of saw it coming. <laughs> oh, you gonna throw me under the Rod bus? Kind of, Rod <laughs> was alluding to this. Um, you and can't, so was Mac. You can't throw me under the bus live on air. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I had that one picked. I, I kind of. Yeah, you kind of thought so. I was seeing some things, but let's try to get Coach back on. Let's All see right, if we can. Uh, he can hear us. Yo, Rod. Yo, Coach, can you hear us? Let's see. Rod, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Coach? I don't know. We're missing the audio. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll try to do some. Let's do it this way. I'll call him from my phone. Put him on speaker. Can we do that? Give me one second. All right. Rod's keep it going. We'll, we'll try to figure something out. I'm not the AV guy. Um, other upsets that we saw this week, I don't know. I would call Woodstown an upset. Um, I mean, looking at it now, they're the number one team in group one, I think in the state that West Efford played tight with Haddonfield. That was a close game, but no upset. Uh, Highland, however, knocks Timber Creek from the ranks of the unbeaten. Let's give a shout out to them. Coach Wright and that powder blue helmet there behind me. Um, a big, big win. They win by, I think it was 19 to 14. I said Coach Wright. I'm sorry. Coach Leary. Coach Wright lost to Coach Leary. Um, big win for Highland. There's a lot of – that game is the backyard brawl for sure. And I know the guys up front for Highland really, really work. How about St. Augustine? Uh, they just threw it on Shawnee the other night. 38-14, I believe. And Holy Spirit quietly just keeps doing what they're doing. Uh, they roll again. Uh, other than that blemish to St. Joe, they haven't lost. Uh, St. Joe wins in the last minute 
against Cedar Creek Friday afternoon. Big win for the Cats. Uh, the Thundering Herd put up a lot of points against Glosser. We good to go, Rod? Let's make a call. Let's make a call. We're going back. I told you, man, everything's going wild this weekend. Here we go. Rod. Coach. How are we? All right. Here we go. Coach Woj is on. Coach, congratulations on the big win on Friday night. How's everything going, man? You staying dry? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like, obviously, we're excited as a program. You know, it was a really great win for those kids. And uh, on Friday night, you know, we're, we're kind of in that Sunday mode now where it, it's back to work. It's uh, it's chief week now. So It's chief week, Coach. Um, you know, I've seen some epic battles between when Mac was there as the head coach and when you were there with you guys in Cherokee. And what always stands out to me is it's a game where you got to bring your hard hat, which is exactly what Lenape football signifies. What is this rivalry like for you, Coach? Uh, you know, kind of being uh, thrown into it ten, 10 years ago, my first season with Lenape, you know, you kind of saw what it meant around our parts, uh, what it means to them, what it means to us, um, and then how it's grown over the last 10 years. Um, with some of the, with what Mac was able to build here at Lenape and, and create, where this became a, a battle of heavyweights uh, between two really really good programs in South Jersey. So it means the world to us. Records don't really matter, um, and, and you know it, it, it's a game we want to win, especially after what they did to us last night, last year on opening week. Um, you know this is this is one our guys definitely want, and it means a lot for us. Uh, you know every year. One of that goals is to be the best team in our school district, and and in doing so, you got to beat Shawnee and you got to beat Cherokee. So it's always circled. The guys are always prepared, and uh, you know as are they, and, and it's a lot of fun. Coach, you're down 17 to nothing at halftime the other night against uh, the team we had ranked number one in South Jersey, and I think a lot of other people did as well. Um, what was the message to the kids before you went back out in the second half? Look, you know, I got to give those kids credit. We walked into, into that locker room, and there wasn't a single head hanging. Every single kid were eyes beaming on us as coaches. What do we got to do? We can play better. We need to tackle better. We need to block better. Um, you know, offensively, we moved the ball inside the 33 times in, in the first half and didn't come away with any points. Uh, defensively, you know, we, we, we let up a third and seven screen to go 40, and then an 80-yard underneath route and they scored a you know they kicked the field goal on a short field on a bad punt um you know you you got to tackle when you when you with, with those kind of players those kinds of kids that are running around on millville sideline you, you got to tackle um so it, it was guys let's let's stay on our blocks and let's tackle and then let the rest take care of itself uh you know it's not the way we drew it up you know we certainly wanted to play ball control football control the clock a little bit limit their possessions and we thought you know we could give we could give them a game being down 17 nothing at half was certainly not the way we drew it up. But again, I give it, my kids the credit, all the credit in the world. They just kept battling. They just kept playing. Um, and, it, and it, you know, it, it didn't just happen. You know, they, they, they kept they kept grinding and chipping away. And finally, we were able to get some points on the board late in the third quarter. And I said to them, look, guys, first two games, we let up 14 points in the fourth quarter and lost those games. Right. So it's our time to score 14 in the fourth and win, win a football game. And, you know, that's ultimately what we did. Coach, there's always going to be a lot of uh, commentary and a lot of sal salutations to uh, a Michael LeMay 
or uh, a Zaire Fleming, uh, two really good players, and your team's identity has really um, gotten more pronounced with Fleming in the lineup, no doubt about it. But who's a kid when you watch the film of that game on Friday that you might not see his name in an article or, or something, but a kid who really was a big part of that win? Well, I, I think when you look at, uh, you know, our last few games, a kid that was playing linebacker for us that was just, you know, a really good football player uh, but wasn't having as much sense as the linebacker position, just started learning defensive end. And you look at our last three games of that cat playing in the late in the third and fourth quarter and way he's able to get off the ball and Najee Ringo, I mean, he is disruptive in the backfield and, and he's a big component of – uh, what we've been able to do and win late in games. Um, you know, in the Williamstown game, he made several plays in the backfield late in the fourth quarter. He ends the game on a, in a sack, um, you know, on Friday night. He's a guy, you know, that that's getting it done. And, and on the opposite side of him is a kid that's playing both ways for us, completely undersized to play linebacker, tight end, and Ty Smith. But he's a guy that when you flip on the film, he's productive, he's disruptive, um, and, and he does a fantastic job being a leader for our team. So th those two guys are guys, when you flip on the film, you're like, man, these guys are good football players. You might not light up the stat sheet, but they get it done. Coach, for those who, who aren't familiar, as familiar with your program and the inner workings of it, it's, it's easy for us because we obviously know Coach Mack and we've been around you guys as well over the years. But if you look back at um, – Last year, beating Washington Township in the first round, hanging right there with Kingsway. You won two regular season games. Uh, the year before, of course, the COVID year, your team was very special. Uh, but over the years, you guys find yourself in games because of your identity of, of defense and being able to make sure you value special teams and taking care of the ball and things like that. Wait, what, what really would you call the kind of the – the motto of Lenape football. It seems like you're always in a game and that's a credit to you and, and Mac, of course, for establishing that culture. But what would you kind of sum that up as? You know, I, I don't know if I, if I could truly sum it up and, and, you know, whether we got a motto or what it is, but trust, believe, commit, right? Trust in what we're doing, believe in what we're doing, believe in one another and commit to it hundred percent. You continually do that. You continually get, you know, 16 to 18 year olds to buy in, um, you're going to find yourself in football games. We believe in what we do. I, I believe in our staff. I think we have phenomenal staff. Um, and, you know, we got guys that are going to put kids in the right position. And if those kids are going to trust and believe in it, we're going to find ourselves in football games. Um, you know, you look at some of the great programs throughout year after year, this is what they're doing. They don't have the best players every year. Um, you know, you look at the Shawnees and the Cherokees, they don't have the best players every year, but you find you find them always in games, always stealing games because you're able to just get guys to buy into a system, believe in it, do it and, and execute it at a high level. And, you know, obviously that's something that Mac established here. And, you know, I, and he'll tell you that's something that his father established at the places he was at. Um, so, you know, we're going to continue doing that. Uh, and, and and that's why we're going to find ourselves in games. I got one question. Well, I have two questions. First question for you, Coach. Um, having a guy like Fleming back, going into that game, just seeing how he started to wear down on the Millville defense, that was kind of the reason I felt you guys had a shot at winning the game. How instrumental was it for your, you know, to get your offensive line going and your running game established 
to just wear Millville down late in that ball game. It's it's unreal having that kid back. He is a special, special young man. Um, you know, you guys see what he does between the white lines, what he does outside of the white lines. He's a phenomenal young man, um, heck of a leader, great student. Um, so having that kid back on a football field is unbelievable and instrumental to what we do. I mean, he's obviously a freak show of a football player, and he's not a he's not somebody you want to tackle, right? He he that is a grown man running the football, um, but he's got size and speed. Um, so what we've seen in the last three games is he's more productive in the second half because guys got to continually tackle him. You know, he's a 25 to 30 yard, 30 carries a game guy. And, and he's produced, I mean, he's averaging a buck 50 and two plus touchdowns a game, you know, so you can't kind of replicate yeah. that uh, anywhere else in a high school offense. So um, to see him wear people down is, is a lot of fun and they see him get going and, and playing football. And it's been a little bit of a road getting him here. Um, so it, it, it's special having back. And my, my second question to you is your, your ends, your, your two ends you just spoke about, but the middle of that defense, it, it seems like um, Francis is starting to wake up a little bit playing that middle linebacker. It, it, I saw him on a ton of tackles. So the middle of your defense is starting to kind of take, take shape too. Is that, what 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 do you think is the reason behind that? It, it kind of took a little bit for those guys to gel and and be the rock that you guys kind of lean on. One hundred percent. That has been uh, Fran has really increased his level of play um, uh, since week one. He has when you turn on the film, twenty one's making plays. He's filling holes. He's flying around. Um, he's got really really good sideline to sideline speed. Um, another instrumental part of that is James Bassinet, Big James mm -hmm. in the middle. He's demanding double teams, and, and he's big, and he's another guy. You're not going to see on the stat sheet much, but he's, he, he demands a double team with his size. That allows Fran to flow a little bit and, and really produce. Uh, yeah, Fran's been awesome. He's got his hands on two two balls already. He's got two picks on the season, um, and, and he's got a lot of tackles. And, and he's done just such a great job. And that's really when you you, stop, you talk about Lenape football, talk about step, stopping the run. Well, you can't stop the run without really good linebackers. And, and him elevating his level of play over the last few weeks has been a reason for that. Coach, I, I do want to mention this. And, and just because I, I would prefer if, if you um, give the background here briefly, I know that your team has, has been rallying uh, for RJ, um, you know, a, a, a kid who, who lost his life here recently. Uh, what has that been like emotionally for you guys and, and what is kind of the uh, backstory there. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that it's obviously devastating and, and inc incredibly tragic what happened there. Um, two of our players, uh, Ryan Dixon and Ty Smith are, uh, know the family fairly intimately. Um, and, and, you know, Ryan was present when, when that happened, when that tra tragedy happened. Um, so, you know, it, it, it definitely hits home, you know, a 12 year old losing his life is absolutely tragic and devastating. Um, but for our guys, they've, they've rallied around and they've been a, a support system for themselves, uh, especially those two guys. And, you know, it's definitely been a big motivation um, for our football program. Uh, but but more importantly, those two guys and, and that family uh, on what they're going through. Well, you guys certainly have uh, quite a community there. And I know the support that you have for your kids and, and the community as a whole as uh, is second to none. Um, so thank you. Woj. And, and so. One last thing I want to get you out of here on this, man, and I appreciate you joining us. Um, we talked a little bit earlier in the show about the worst 
weather at a game we've ever been involved with. What is yours? Worst weather? We talking high school game or any game that I've been any, a part of? Any game, brother. Uh, yeah, so it's it's, it's going to be 2011 Halloween weekend in Reading, Pennsylvania. I was playing for Widener University. Uh, we were playing Albright College, and we were in the we were absolutely in the in the snowstorm there. There might have been six to seven inches of snow um, going on, um, and they were shoveling the field on one end while we we're playing on the other <laughs> end. Uh, it was absolutely insane um, in terms of weather. You know, people say, "Oh man, it's fun to play in the snow." It wasn't that fun to play in the snow. It, it wasn't that fun. I, I'm going to tell you right now. I, it it was cold. You know, we had guys like shaking and trembling at halftime. It was uh, <laughs> it was a heck of a football game. So that's easily the worst weather I've ever been a part of. Was, was that during the same time that Shady was jumping over the Detroit Lions? Yeah. <laughs> that it probably was. I was at that week. game. I was at that game, yeah. Ron. Yeah. Believe it or not, I don't actually think it was. I think those are two different. I think that was closer to. Uh, to, uh, Christmas weekend that yeah, that year. Okay. Um, this was like an anomaly. It was freaking October <laughs> last weekend in October, Halloween weekend. Well, just and, and we're. It okay. was uh, it was a heck of a heck of a game. Well, just do me a favor, Woj. When um, when Steve Scanlon comes down to recruit uh, some of your kids to play at Alvernia up there in Reading, just don't tell them about the snow. And I think Steve would say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's for sure. Thanks for joining us, Woj, always, man. Good luck next week. Uh, we appreciate everything, and congratulations on a big win Friday night. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you guys having me. Thanks, right. Coach. See you. Coach Woj of Lenape joined us. Um, we're going to take a quick break and wrap up the show here. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Joe McColgan, Nick Strom, and John Darty have been part of a lot of wins in South Jersey football. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. With over $200 million in real estate transactions between the three of them and over 30 years of real estate experience, they're servicing anywhere in South Jersey, from the Philadelphia Bridges all the way to the Cape May Lighthouse. With one of South Jersey's fastest-growing teams, $29.5 million alone in real estate sales in 2021 and 22. First-time home buyers, seller consultations, relocations, rentals, downsizing, or if you're not quite sure how to get started in the process of real estate, give them a call for a free consultation at 609-314-9862. That's South Jersey Elite. They won on the field. Let them win for you in the game of real estate. All right. Time's ticking down here, Rod. As you guys can see, I got the poncho on. Uh, there was a lot of different options of what to wear today, but I'm sticking with my Eagles poncho. Um, you know, this is going to be a messy game, man. And I worry about the run game, but also, I, I'm, I'm still alive in the survivor pool. We talked about that every Sunday, I think. Um, I don't know if we go with the Chargers today at Houston or the Steelers at home against the Jets. Those are two interesting. Yeah. Uh, There's not a lot of uh, – the, the biggest differential from 
the odds makers is uh, I think New England at Green Bay, but I used Green Bay against the Bears earlier this year, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's been an interesting football season thus far. The talk of the weekend that I heard was everybody talking about Tua. Just, uh, yeah. just that's a, terrible. That's that's that was pretty bad. I mean, every every football you don't even have to be a football fan to understand what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was watching a game and I I you know made a post about you know the tour situation and my wife she wakes up the next morning and she goes on and like everybody's talking about this tour thing so she you know we have access with our cell phone so she goes on the phone and looks up what happened and she's asking me if it's some type of lawsuit that they could get from it so and i'm and the, my first thought was if a average fan I mean, my wife is a little more than an average football fan, right. but, you know, if an average fan can see visually, see that in, in context of what it is and come away with something's not right, yeah. then you know something wasn't right about that. You know, it's nobody that thought he had a back injury. Like, that was a, that was the first thing. No, Like, they put it out, it was his back and this and that, like, Dude, you don't wobble like that. You don't shake your head after a back injury. So for him to be on the field playing, I think everybody had concern before the game started. And once it started, it kind of went away. And then once he got that hit and he kind of locked up and all of that, I think everybody was like, wait a minute here. Right. It, my, so I have a couple questions off of that, but we won't even go too far in that. But go ahead. Uh, I just think it's uh – you know, the number one thing is that it's – the thing that jumps out to me is, uh, as always, you know, it's it's really, really not fair or, or good that teams play on Thursday night when they played on Sunday. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I don't – I guess there's no way to really do it, but if there was a way to maybe have – the team, the teams that play those games in the beginning of the season or something, coming off of buys maybe, so they have the extra time. Um, it just seems, it's just not adequate time for NFL players to turn around and play, and uh, not for anybody. I no, mean, not for not for anybody, but especially those guys because they these are car collisions, you know, when they right. hit each other, and uh, it's just unfortunate. It's sad. It's should have never been playing, that's my opinion. But the roof did not leak, Mom. I'm getting ready to go to the game. You know that. Uh, Mom is – she is interested in coming up for a game this weekend, and we might make it happen. Oh, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, so. We can make, make something happen with that. It's it's not a roof leak, but no, it's it, it it's some dancing going There's on dancing, up there or songs. something. There's a lot going on. <laughs> it was just that kind of weekend. It was just – uh, a wild weekend, and the weather certainly. If if anybody is uh, needs to go back through, we we got a lot of people who uh, chimed in on their worst weather experiences. Mm -hmm. Pleasantville has been doing well, three and ten last season or zero oh and ten last season. Ahmad, 
3-1 this season, no doubt. Brandon, I hope all is well, man. I don't know if you heard the Winslow game last night. I saw they won 6 nothing over Ocean City. Um, big win for them, two in a row. Uh, Trick, glad you're watching. And Tyrone was talking about that draw play lineup he had that was uh, killing the Bolts on Friday night. And now, really, when you look at Lenape, and we're so grateful that uh, Coach Woj joined us, but when you look at Lenape, they lost that opener to Wayne Valley. Remember, they were winning that game. They lost late. LeMay, who at the time was their top playmaker because Fleming did not play, mm -hmm. uh, he was out after the first quarter most of the game with cramps. They let that one slip. Um, then they lose to Shawnee. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't have Fleming in that one, I don't believe. So now that that's a team that you see the team it is now is not the team it was the first two weeks and how close they were the first two weeks without those pieces. Like if Fleming plays the whole season or if LeMay doesn't cramp, that team might have been undefeated. And if they beat Millville, you'd say, well, they're two of the top teams in South Jersey. Well, I got news for you folks. They might be two of the top teams in South Jersey. Lenape, now you, the season goes on. You know they're going to be tight. Um, so, or they're going to be they're going to be in the thick of it. So, that's Lenape football. I have a couple teams that I I've had written down on a piece of paper all season. That midway point, everybody would be <laughs> saying, "I don't want to play them," and Lenape, Cherokee. Winslow. Winslow. I'll say Eastside. They I know they just they they, they escaped out of that one, but Eastside. And who was my last one? Just slipped my mind. I had one more. I've had those teams, you know, kind of written down. Once I, I knew Fleming was out, you know, he, he mm -hmm. was injured. He had a collarbone injury. He had to get back. You could just see the way some teams yeah. play and how they're losing games if you insert a certain guy into that. You know, killing the clock or mm -hmm. just certain little things um, that teams tend to do when they have their guys back. Two other teams I'm going to add to that. The first one, I just got a tweet about their running back. Uh, he had 109 yards rushing on Friday and is now a little less than 700 shy of the school's all-time rushing mark. And that is Jabril Mace in Mainland. I don't, I don't want to play Mainland. Right. Um when playoffs come around mm -hmm. with that back and that coaching staff and being able to run the ball. By the way, Mace, and thank you for sending this along. Um, the mailman down at Mainland sends us along and says, uh, Calvin Robinson, a class of 81, had 4,010 rushing yards, and that is the one that Mace is going for. Um, always love when people send the stats along like that. The other team, um, how about, I mean, how about, if Angelo Rodriguez runs like he does and, and Highland commits to that run game like they did the other night, hey. Remember when we talked about – see, it's it's like we have some of these conversations. The first conversation the other last week, we kind of talked about the Millville-Lenape game. How, how is it going to be? And I was saying I think Lenape had the recipe to beat them because they had the running back and – just certain things I felt like up front they can they could do to Millville that other teams couldn't do. Now, granted, I understand people get hurt or yeah. uh, people don't play, whatever. Nobody cares. Work harder. But that's another game. That's another team that we talked about early that they would have to make a decision. Yeah. 
Um, when you have a, a, a quarterback that's coming off an of offseason where people are kind of looking at him as the next guy, right? He has a family lineage. Uh, his dad is a coach. They want to kind of like, do they want to feature him as a quarterback? Like, what are they going to do? But one thing I always tell people is about coaches. They are who they are. Sometimes they may go try to go away from what they've been. When we talk about Highland and pass game, they were trying to pass a little more, things like that. But true and true, Highland is a run team first. And when they do that with the, with the line play, yeah. it's going to be a long day for anybody that plays them. So that's the, that's the other team that we kind of talked about. They got to figure some things out, and I think they're at that point where they're figuring it out. Yeah, that was a big, big win for them. Um, we got some other candidates here for worst weather. Damon Benjamin, worst weather. West Stefford Buna Group Two Championship 2003 snow piled in the back of both end zones. That, mm. It had to be bad. And uh, Kevin, my guy, Kevin Minnick says worst weather. Gateway playoff win a few years ago must have been. 20. That's the one I was at. Yeah. We were both there. All right. <laughs> I got to bundle up, get over the link, see what happens today. Whew. Ball security, that's what it's all about. Thank you all for tuning in to my Hats Off podcast. Mm -hmm. We'll be back Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Gotcha. for the South Jersey Football Frenzy Show. I don't know if they can see it, but. Yeah, big one. Big one for Camden High. Huh? Getting by Heights yesterday. <laughs> Um, and they have had a field on Friday. That's mm -hmm. a, a high candidate for game of the week. We'll see. You'll find out on Wednesday what the game of the week is. We'll preview it and talk in depth. And we'll be back here to talk about everything on uh, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. One thing I, I would like to do is wear apparel from schools. Yeah. So if anybody has a shirt or sweatshirt that they want me to wear, I like representing. I had my Clearview one on the one week. and. Yeah. Had my east side one on, you know. Well, formerly Woodrow Wilson when they three peat, but that's something that I would like to do for the yeah, show to kind of kind of show some support, man. Get some you know? swag. Yeah, we got helmets. I definitely have helmets. We got helmets. We love helmets. We still some we need for that too, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get some swag. Get some helmets. Um, and then we, I got you know I still got a lot of I still what size you wear, Rod? My XL. XL. Okay, there you go. Amber's going to get you something. Yeah, Cedar XL. Creek. And we still got um, – I still got a lot of T-shirts and stuff, too. We got to start giving these out on the show. Uh, we'll get there. Stay dry, folks. Enjoy the football today. Stay inside. Make yourself some soup or some chili or order some pizza or whatever. Mm -hmm. Don't go outside. But when you're inside, please think of me standing in that miserable – cold rain be safe driving to the game too mark I'm, oh, yeah. i know that's, we're only five thing. minutes that's but be, be safe man I, I saw about five accidents on my way in this morning seen a lot of accidents let me just give a word of advice to folks i know you don't need it but when it's raining like this if you start to hydroplane do not hit your brake <laughs> do not hit the brake <laughs> right right i cannot be more clear about that do not hit the brake. It, it's always trouble when you see those bright red lights in front of you and the car is not 
you know, I saw a guy do a spin like this on 295 yesterday, smash the barrier. I know, Will, we got we got the polos from last year. We got polos. Mm-hmm. Um, polos is a different color this year. Uh, Amber, we could figure out, you know, Coach Melody owes us a helmet as well as a package <laughs> yeah. deal. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll see you guys We'll, we'll inbox an a, a, a address that you can send. We'll it make to. it happen. Yeah. Uh, everybody stay dry. Don't break if you're hydroplaning. Enjoy your Sunday. Thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. Share it out. We'll be on a streaming platform soon. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday night. Football season is getting better and better each week. Uh, thank you again from Studio B for Rod Self and myself, Mark Tribble. My hat's off to you.